0: Smith's got three, can
1: Vandermeer, Sokka through, gets a point, that gives the Dogs the lead. But they'll go straight up the middle with 50 seconds remaining.
2: Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG in studio. It's good to be back out of ISO. How are you, mate? Very good. Best weekend of the AFL calendar, the prelim weekend. It's nearly the best weekend of what well, to be challenging for like best weekend of sports and racing betting. You got Macquarie Deep Stakes, you got AFL Prelim, Rugby League Week One, you got the tennis on. And it's one of those off. super Saturday, super weekends, super it duper.
1: Yes, starts tomorrow morning with the NFL. Tampa Bay and Dallas. Oh, yeah, and then
2: you've got NFL. And then we go straight through. Outstanding. Absolute yep. porn. And speaking of porn, Luke O'Brien from uh, last season joins us again from AFL Ops World. Welcome back. Courageous move coming in this week too, OB. Welcome back to the show. Everyone knows OB. How are you? Good, thank you, mate. Good to be
0: back. Uh, you, know, you, you, you promised me uh, you know, SJT or, or, or Darcy. Now I've got MG and Scoop. Anyway, it's, it's good to be too back. Too much
2: testosterone. <laughs> yeah, it's true. good to be back. and uh, you know, Thanks for having me. Oh, that's great stuff now uh, if you just join or oh, if you don't know Luke he's, uh, he used to work for St Hilda Footy Club and now he's worked for or oh, under Stephen Hawking in the uh, AFL Ops Department so if you've got a beef it's probably with uh, OB they've made an absolute uh, disaster of all these rule changes we'll sink our teeth into that just a little bit uh, later but uh, brave man coming in very brave man coming in but uh, MG how was, uh, how was the weekend on the punt for you?
1: Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. I'm going to say it was it was tough. It was uh, up and down. Um, the Brisbane was not a good watch uh, against the Bulldogs, unfortunately. Um, a bit uh, players from Brisbane not taking account for their actions and uh, one of the most poorly umpired games of the year for mine.
2: Mm, there's a big chorus of that. But um, oh, before we get into that, I, th- I thought Brisbane ran out of leagues for a good long period of the game. I think they were flat for about a good 40 minutes. They... I don't know where they went, but um, they just couldn't pick up their feet for a while there. They, they switched right off. Yeah, I think both
1: teams had their chances mm. and, they, and they did miss goals that maybe they could have kicked as well and they both had their patches for sure. Um, Brisbane were certainly up and about and, uh, you know, they got to three goals in front and then... Uh, Charlie Cameron had that snap, which uh, you know could have pushed, could have pushed, maybe broken the string for the Bulldogs as well. But um, the Bulldogs are nothing but gutsy, are they? That was a really good comeback and uh, held their nerve late as well. So um, I can't believe it wasn't a, a tie for extra time. I um, been, could you believe
0: great. it? I think Brisbane played into the Bulldogs' hands. They, you know, it was a contested ball game. They needed to get their runners out. Um, yeah, you know, Robinson. He's been great all year, just blazing away. Doesn't yeah. look, doesn't lower the eyes. Yeah. That's what they want. They want mm. Keith and Gardner and these guys to sort of drop off and uh, intercept Mark, and that's what they did. And uh, you know, rebounded from the back because none of their half forwards defended. So only got themselves to blame Brisbane, and definitely wasn't the umpiring fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah.
1: was kind of they they kind of had it both on their terms at certain times. You saw how dynamic Charlie Cameron was in the first quarter, and he looked like you know he, he could have kicked any number of mm. goals. Uh, and then the Bulldogs were able to change that around the pattern of or the style of play and then they got it back on their own terms and all of a sudden, as you you said, the lights kind of went out on Brisbane. Mm. Um, But I think that was more the Bulldogs doing than the Brisbane changed their game style. They just weren't allowed the space in the forward 50 Um, and if that continued, Brisbane should have won the game easily. Yeah, and I think with Charlie Cameron, when he kicks his goals early,
0: then he, he, he... he wants to sort of try and get out the back. He yeah. doesn't do the, doesn't do the hard work. Um, yeah. So I, I like him kicking his goals in the second and third quarter, yeah, personally, because yeah. he, he, you know he sort of works into the game. Whereas early on in the game, yeah, you know, they put teams put a lot more time into him, yeah. put a lot more body onto him, and then he just tries to get the cheap ones.
2: But yeah, did you think that uh, Jare was going to like go toe to toe with him? Then I thought Charlie was off to the races late in the game. I thought he'd go off and kick the goal. Yeah,
1: what, when, uh, watching the replay, um, I thought. Uh, I thought the last contest, that the last body contact that they had, mm. I thought Charlie Cameron would love his time over again. I thought he was really poor and he tried. He didn't want the body contact. If you watch the replay, again, Jure had one one intent. He wanted to A, take Charlie's body and the ball to the boundary. He knew exactly where he was going. And just on that last instance, if you, if you watch it over again, he's got the whole goal mouth in front of him, knowing he needs that point to uh, get a tie – Charlie should have had body contact on Jure from mine and the ball still going forward. the other forward. way. That was my take on that. yeah. So 100%. I thought if he had his time over again, I thought he was... Uh, when it counted, I thought
2: he, uh, he, he'd he love his time over again. I thought he should have been harder at it. Mm. And we were pretty keen on the Cats last week. We expected them to bounce back. They just had too many players off their tucker the week before and they just yeah. dismantled the Giants? Yeah, I think it was a bit of both. I think, uh,
1: yeah, for whatever reason, Geelong's record, and, and, and you can never really put a thing, finger on it, that their record's been so poor in the first week of finals, and uh, and their bounce-back factor's been enormous, and that didn't change. Um, and I think the other other coin is just shows when you come off a hard final, which the Giants did against Sydney, uh, it's very hard to travel and back up, and maybe just a bit of legs for um, GWS as well.
2: Mm. Thoughts on that one? I,
1: I thought GWS played their...
0: Their grand final the week before. Mm. They don't like Sydney. They got themselves up for it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to beat that game, and you just see they're really up and about. Obviously, Toby Green played, which which does help. But mm. you know the guys. They were like, lucky to get through, weren't they? Oh, absolutely, and, and Sydney had all the chances late. But you know, guys like you know Stein and and, and these guys played out of their skin. The you know, players, yeah, yeah, that's right. So their fringe players probably gained sort of ten percent, then having to go from you know Tasmania to Perth, quarantine, you know, do it all again against these hardened bodies of Geelong, who you know who were in who were in Perth earlier yeah. than them. So um, I just think the yeah the the toll of the year and the toll of the week before took it out on the Giants. I mm.
2: agree. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Be interesting to see what happens this week. Uh, let's have a quick look at the bookie wrap. It was just fifty-fifty. There was only two games, so one favourite, one one covered, and then one total uh, went over there. And when we have a look at the hit, hits and misses, where the uh, the money went, all the money was for the Cats at the minus. So yeah, we did get that one right. Eleven and a half to eighteen and a half. That was a Hit and there was uh, a miss for the total 155 to 151. It was uh, a goal fest there. 171. The total finished, and the Brisbane line it was three and a half to uh, eight and a half. And uh, as we've just said, the Western Bulldogs fell in by a point. But yeah, it was an interesting game to watch. At certain times throughout the match. It felt like just the Bulldogs just keep h- hanging on. It wouldn't have surprised me throughout the you know the second and third quarters that Brisbane were just going to push off to a four or a five goal lead, but it just didn't happen. And I don't I don't mm. don't know halfway between that third quarter um, it just sort of lost all legs and. A couple of mates of mine are Western Bulldogs supporters and and friends, and I didn't want to go the crow, but um, I, I, I was pretty convinced that the Bulldogs were going to keep coming. And once that, I don't know, you could just feel it and, and see it in the game that they just stopped running. Mm-hmm. And um, I was surprised that it ended up being just a one point game. And Brisbane Nelly was nearly sort of a, like a reverse backdoor cover for the Lions to get themselves off the hook, but it just didn't eventuate, obviously.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. Um, well, I mean, you
2: can magnify, but what a game. You can
1: magnify certain areas all, all the time when, when it's a really close game. And, mm. um, you know, even if you watch the last two or three minutes, we just talked about Cameron right at the last second when when he had a chance to tie it up with any score. Um, you know, the Bulldogs were down the other end. They got that lucky point that was almost like, a what was it, half a handball from the Bulldogs guy just to force it over the line. Um, you know, the, even the Bailey's goal just the minute before that was, uh, you know, he kind of got a lucky ricochet off and then the Seas the, the passed for him I guess um, you know and, then, and there was two or three free kicks um, in the last two or three minutes that you know had, had everyone up about mm. as well um, you know and I just think you know they always focus on those moments and if you just watch the last two or three minutes um, you know there's five or six instances which um, you know swing the game result either
2: way e- exactly and I, th- I thought it was one of the Best games of the year, I, like from an entertainment point of view, I thought it was fantastic. And you sort of spoke about Mitch Robinson earlier. Like I think he copped a really big hit at hit one stage and got himself back up. So I thought all players just cracked in, and it's going to be fascinating um, to see how sort of Bont and the dogs great, sort of went through. the crowds back too. Yeah, like the crowd, the the Gabba was rocking, wasn't it? And the yeah. Bulldogs uh, had enough fans up
1: there as well, where they made they made plenty fair, of noise yeah, as fair well. So, noise. Um, yeah, it always adds on, and that's why you know Perth as well. The same thing. So we're looking forward to the. This weekend it'll be a packed house in uh, Adelaide yeah. and also Perth, so it'll be good watching. Sellout Friday night, Melbourne,
0: Geelong. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, Sell yeah out. Awesome Everyone's footy it's hungry great. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, well I think I think everyone's hungry for good live sport. Mm. They want to be back. Yeah, you know? everyone's right. completely starved. It'll, be,
1: stamp,
2: it'll yeah. be a cracking game. Yeah.
1: yeah, it should be in in good conditions. You know, there's a chance of a slight shower, but it should be uh, it should be awesome.
2: Mm. All right, sting of the tail. That's where we. Uh, have a bit of a sook, bit of a rant about something that's got our, our uh, nose out of joint. And there's two things, I guess, this week, the Neil transfer and the umpires. And MG was pretty skating, but you only had to take to Twitter to see. There was an army of people, and there was a lot of Western Bulldogs um, supporters that were sort of skiding that they'd got away with it. Um, I didn't think it was as that bad. I thought both sides definitely got their opportunity to win the match, but... Um, the the moment that I thought was sort of the season in a nutshell that was the it was the Caleb Daniel deliberate where he's just hacked the ball out of the air. And this is something we've been speaking about all year. It was just for me, it was just that was the season. It was a no context, no thought, just this thirst for fast footy, um, that the umpires and the AFLs want. So it's a bit I'm gonna throw you under the bus here, OB, so you can explain it. But Caleb Daniel, if you're watching the match and you're understanding the context of the match, he's just trying to clear the ball. And it's a desperate thing to clear the ball. You're not allowed to dive on top of it. There's so many things that you're not allowed to do. He's just hacked it. And then it's come off the side of his boot, accidentally. There's absolutely no way he's, his intention there was to deliberately push out of bounds. And out of all the rules that I've whinged about and talked about in the game... The deliberate out of bounds is the one that rubs me up, I guess, the wrong way the most. And that was just a howler. Like, they have to change their mindset of that because there's no way that was deliberate out of bounds. That was not his intention. There's mm-hmm. got to be intent if players, they can't just accidentally handball it or it skews off the side of the foot. It's there has got to be well, more not, thought it's not, around. It's it. not
1: deliberate. It's not deliberate. Bounds, no. In my opinion, like a hack swinging kick that, uh, yes, could have gone anywhere. And if it gone out on the full, then the free kick should have been uh, given, or would have been given. Sorry, but I just think, uh, you know, when it's a, not, it's not even it a skill, it's not even a, a skill error, is it? I just think those ones, um, and, it, and it only happens once or twice. It's very rare, but I just think they let those go. Mm. I, I just think. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I strongly disagree. Right, Whoa, and, and I'm, not,
0: I'm not just coming from the, from the AFL point of view, but I think so. It is called deliberate, but it's insufficient attempt to keep the ball in. So when you when you hack the ball out of the air like Caleb Daniel did, you, you know he is the best, one of the best skilled players in the game. Mm. Grab the ball and kick it; the ball would have stayed in. The ball would have gone long down the line. So when you take that out of your hands, so you just hacked it out of the air, people say he was trying to clear the area. I reckon he was rapid; the ball went out of bounds. I, my personal view was that that's he either he was trying to clear the area, but would have been happy with it out of bounds. And I just thought there was insufficient attempt on his behalf to keep the ball in and
2: keep the ball, you know, keep the ball in play. Mm. There's but no instinct there, though. Like he's yeah. instinctively, if I see the ball, I, I just hack it out of the air to clear it because. I'm probably thinking that if I grab this, I'm just going to be surrounded and I'm maybe going to go to ground, or instead I try and clear the area and give it a big thump. But the bloke was in nearly in the middle of the ground. He's on the edge of the point post, like in line with the point post for yeah. memory, and it's basically gone at right angles. So I can see your argument. I, I'm yeah. I, I'm a bit surprised by it, but I like it. I like where your head's at, yeah. but no, I, I'm a, just not yeah, sure that I agree. Good, good explanation. You had a
1: bloke hanging off him, and in the, I think are the umpire has given any leeway basically to read uh, – I guess the flow of the game as well. Yeah. Like in that instance, it's like a player's, um, you know, instinct, as as Scooty mm. said, is to basically just clear the area. Had a bloke hanging off in pressure thing, and the ball's kind of in that mid air, and he kind of thinks, if I take the ball here, uh, maybe I get pinged for it. So my best option is to try and clear it. It didn't work. It was a it was a, almost a barrel off the foot, and it goes close to being out of the bounds anyway. So you could look at it from Brisbane's point of view and say, well, if it went out of bounds on the four, we would have got the free kick. I just think. Um, you know, I think the flow of the game, the umpires. You know, are they given that allowance to do? Because it seems like a lot of the times when there's feedback on games, that th- what upsets the fans is it's not within not within the spirit, but just within the flow of the game at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. and 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 I, I, I get the feel, and I, I get all that. But you know, three very experienced umpires. Yeah. You know, Stevic, Finlay, and Williamson, all very very good umpires. So yeah. I think you know, I, and. I there was a few other ones in the game you know the the, the McInerney stepping across the line that was correct uh, the free the kick for english at the end yeah. that was, mm. I don't know why he did that he was winning all the ruck contests yeah. um you know so that was fine the, the, the Bailey Dale holding the ball from the other side of the ground the vision was that Rich actually dragged it in so yeah. there, there was a few there that was sort of line ball but yeah I, I think deliberate or the insufficient attempt to keep the ball in is is frustrating you sure yeah. Brayshaw you know Geelong um, you know that uh, Geelong Melbourne the, yeah. the thriller down there as well so I think a little bit of work has to go into it but Michael Jennings is the new head coach of the, of the umpires and he's fantastic yeah no, really good got a really good feel for the game so yeah I think there'll so be changes
1: can I ask when you go into the off season now and you review um large sections like I, I i assume you um go over review each game so you have a catalogue more or less yep. that you can refer to so when you sit down at the end of a season do you say does this rule work did this not you know do, does the players feedback get anything to the fans to the yes, coaches So, yes, so they so all have yep. some kind of input so, so some the, way.
0: yeah so there's the competition committee um, yep. Which yeah, coaches, CEOs, players are on, and they work closely with the AFLPA okay. around the rules. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know that that sort sort of Steve Hocking did, and now I'm not sure who the who the new you know head of football, who football operations boss will be. But yeah, they'll they'll have a they'll go through and review that like they they, they normally do.
1: And so, do the umpires also give feedback? Yes. So they they have a feel of the game, right? So yep. they would know when uh, either players are expressing they're for and against yep. out there and they feel the fans as well and probably the aftermath so do they sit down during the week and say you know are they almost gun shy to about the deliberate out of bounds for example where they say should we be paying these because is it in you know we don't think it's working with the overall look of the game or anything like that well what's the breakdown for yeah
0: i'm not sure i don't sit that closely to the afl yeah. umpiring uh piece but um yeah i'd say they would like, they go through coaching they go through review it's just like a Know, just like a team, they're they're, they're sort of the, the AFL's nineteenth team. So they go through a review. Yeah. You know, players, uh, umpires get dropped and promoted. So
1: that's how it works. Yeah, I saw poor Razor got dropped again. He wasn't happy.
2: Well, yeah, I'm I'm wrapped with that. Like it's, yeah. it's, he he's definitely the umpire that pays the Caleb Daniel out of bounds on the full. Yeah. Can every I, time yeah. not not like what, 99 times can I out also of 100 would be
1: another one just off um, what we were talking about obviously the final is the uh communication from umpires to players because they're mic'd up Now, someone like Razor Ray um and and I watch enough you me, watch every like, game like everybody else those kind of things to me don't uh make any greater attraction to the game to watch or listen to i don't I don't think uh, I watch AFL and I don't ever walk away and go, geez, I was really impressed the way Razor Ray communicates to a player <laughs> yeah, agree. and basically treats him like a third grader. I just I just think, uh, I, you know, and if you interviewed 100 people watching the game, they would rather do without it. So if they're mic'd up, and I understand why, mm-hmm. the reason why they are mic'd up, the, I don't think the umpire is talking to the players down like that. And there's some great examples of players um, – explaining exactly what happened there was one in that match i thought or maybe the geelong match where hundred percent hit the nail and even the commentators both of the commentators said that was very well explained over the microphone i just think it's a fine line i think sometimes they go over it like i don't think there was sorry there was one other thing in the bulldogs brisbane game where he said um it didn't pass the ball back to the umpire i think it was around maybe the third fourth, and he goes uh if you don't if you do that again i will pay a free kick the umpires should not be doing that if it either is or it isn't in my opinion you pay the free kick if it's there and 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 I don't think that commentary needs to be done. I don't think it I don't think it highlights the game
0: the, the only people that so so the umpires are mic'd up to communicate with each other and right. communicate with the arc the, the score review so mm-hmm. it, it's not full broadcast broadcast okay. take the feed yep. and and what channel 7 love the umpires being mic'd up Right. Yeah, so they, they turn they turn it up so it's a bit of a um, bit of a discussion point. Bit now theater. we're talking about it. Bit of yeah. theatre, that's Go right. On. And Ray's is the best at it. Um just on Ray, he is a really nice bloke, Really nice bloke, does a lot for charity. Um yeah, um, you know, people say, Oh, you know, just an umpire, whatever. He's he's a he's a really genuine nice person right yeah Yeah, i'm
2: sure i'm sure he is but in terms of like doing the job and and trying to get the best result and the best product and spectacle like uh, he's very divisive but it just seems from the outside looking in that he's uh, what most people think he tries to make the game about himself and he over officiates and like people don't like and, and it's been through the the review shows and stuff like that put the whistle away and in finals you sort of hope that it uh, 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 they uh, they don't over officiate and you want you expect finals for people to let it go you have to pay the ones that are there sweet but line ball even more so pe- most people like whistle away and let the players figure it themselves not the other way around and it's always been like that it's it's at the moment i think we've spoken about this all year it's it's too complicated there's too many rules and it's too hard for the umpires we're actually in their corner we want the game to be easier yeah. for them to officiate and at the moment yeah. You, know, you guys are trying to, it feels like the AFL are trying to craft a certain way of playing and a certain look for the game. It doesn't, and, and it feels like they're. Poor old umpires are the, um, the messengers And they're just getting shot down to pieces Because it's too hard for them And, and that's wh- that's our feeling
1: What I don't like throughout the year Is basically the AFL will say We can't, bag, we can't bag the umpires Let's not say anything about, about the, the umpires Because we can't get enough of them in the game Which I understand again. And they're a, a big part of the game to get in But then on the other hand You just said that Channel 7, the broadcaster Loves that commentary because mm. it blows things up yep. Which the AFL love um, the AFL love media. being in the media all the time That's why they don't black and white a lot of issues with the tribunal the umpires and stuff like that if they you know as Scooty said if they just bought the uh, the rules back I think simplified it somewhat just let the players play uh, I think there'll be a lot less angst amongst all areas Hmm. of the sport but it sounds like the AFL and the broadcasters love that kind of thing because everyone talks about it so
0: yeah I, I, I think there's too many rules Yep. And that's just my personal view. Mm-hmm. That's not an AFL. I, I think there's too many rules, and I think it's a hard game to umpire. 100 yeah, there, there, yeah. There's, There's 36, you know, really good athletes, strong athletes out there, They're, and it's still the human element. So yeah. I, I think we've got to, yeah, I, I agree with, you know, we've got to strip it back. Yeah. To, so to do make
1: they err on the on the side of not paying first, is that like a first instinct nah. that would be? Tra- it's nah. just yeah, pay what it you, see. If you yeah, see. Yeah, pay what you see. And do they go yeah. into the finals with that mindset or not, or is it every other? It's the same as every other game. Same as every just other pay, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Just, just yeah, control the controllables. Yeah. You know, pay the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, protect the ball carrier. They're yeah, the main things. So they, yeah, they're trying to be consistent across yeah. the board. The Absolutely. Yeah, because the yeah. commentators will feed that as well, won't they? Yeah, they're and it's yeah, right? and it's also like you know, it's sort of you know, nine games in a four. Mm. Yeah, so it's sort of like it's heightened. There's a lot more eyes on it. Um, it should be better football, true, and then yeah. you know you, you lose a game by a point. Someone's not going to be happy. Yeah, um, so great. it goes. It goes both ways. Well. I think Brisbane have got a few other
1: issues rather than the umpiring. That's yeah. just, but, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was overplayed. Yeah, I, both sides had their chances. All right. Well, oh look. no doubt in the in the result. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah, I, I personally, I'd love to sit back. I'd love to see the review of that game because I've watched it three times now, and I actually dis i did it once uh yesterday uh watch the hole in gamers entirety pretending i was an umpire coach okay so i graded the game in terms of what free kicks broke it down yep. now i've heard some commentators say that uh or, or review of the game that 47 free kicks was too many in the game i don't think there was the the balance of the free kicks uh there was nearly 80 percent of the free kicks that in my opinion were definitely there, whether they were out of, and there was a lot of out of bounds on the full. Yep. I think there was eight in the game. Yep. So in terms of like forty seven free kicks and I think the balance of the two teams, when they say Brisbane were robbed and everything like that, I think there were certain instances from, that ended up in goal scoring that happened like that, but in terms of the free kicks, it was actually 15-15 in terms of like the ones that were yeah. there. It was more the ones that weren't were missed or were questionable. Yep. You know, Bont. There was an absolute howler that resulted in a bulldog's goal where Bont was in the middle of the ground. He was swung more than 360, uh, and it could have be pe- should have been paid holding the ball first, and then the release wasn't there. Mm. And all the commentators, the players stopped anyway. That's that's just one that ends up in a yeah. goal. I think it's more the free kicks that count. It's not. It's never how many in a game mm-hmm. for mine or which way it goes. You know. And and the the differential wasn't great in the game, mm. but the problem is that Brisbane didn't get uh, any or they got one one goal from a free kick that was definitely there. The Bulldogs were plus sixteen points, and then when it comes yep. back to a one point, that's how supporters do see it. But I, I didn't think it was a great umpired game. I thought there was nine howlers in the game, which I don't know if that's high or low in <laughs> terms of <laughs> howler count. <laughs> Might need that. New, well, new I metric. mean, how else do you want to put it? And, yeah. and and I'd love to, you know, the opportunity one day and, to sit down to the umpires to understand it from that point of view. And I also think the AFL should come out and actually promote the umpiring bit and give it a bit more behind the scenes. I understand they don't want to put the umpires up for press conferences and stuff like that, um, but I think they should actually make more videos or, or, or make mm. the umpires more personable in how they go about their training, the decision-making, the studying, you know, I disagree.
0: Yeah, that and they, and they are trying to. I think yeah. this year COVID's got in the way, but they are. Yeah, they, there's definitely a push on to make them, you know, sort of more accessible. Follow um, the
1: ump, go to ump camp. Or something yeah, like that. <laughs> I, I think the fans would benefit that greatly. Yeah, to know how the umpires actually go about it and have an appreciation for what they do yeah. and and their part in the game. Well, I think then the fans could relax a bit more yeah. and say, "Geez, it is a tough, tough gig to umpire because right. it is 100% 360 yeah. degrees. Uh, is very tough. Yeah. So. It's not AFL bashing. It's just it's just the balance of it, I think. Yeah, so
2: no, it's, it, it's good. I'll uh, come in here for one week and have another uh, another
0: 22 <laughs> off. It's good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully we can get OB uh, in next week. But uh, yeah, we've given a fair old uh, pacing. grilling, but fascinating no, insights well. uh, from well. other good. side of the fence. He's converted from, uh, me.
1: He's converted uh, me.
2: Uh, <laughs> AFL Opsland. So there's always two sides uh, to the story, but... Uh, Speaking of that, Lockie Neal, just in a sentence because we, uh, we've gone a little bit over there, but uh, I think Lockie Neal requesting a trade or if he's going to go back to Perth, if you haven't seen your family for a couple of years, given how these premiers are handling the borders, I think uh, fair play to Lockie's He's won a Brownlow. He's got him in the finals. He's done a great job for them there. If he wants to jump out of his contract a little bit early and they can get compensated fairly, I think he's uh, free to go in my eyes. MG, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's fair.
1: I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of, uh, you know, Supporters don't want to see this but football is a job in essence and a lot of people move around state to state and country to country with their job. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's bigger than football and he's given great service to the Lions while he was there and, you know, they should facilitate if he wants to move back, I think.
0: I think now's the right time for both parties. Um, mm. I think I think Brisbane could get some... Cur- currency. Some, he's got yeah, currency still. Adequate compensation. But i was look at the Tim Kelly. He left, um, left mm. Geelong to go back to West Coast, um, three first rounders. Um, but then he we went back for family reasons and then... You know, three-quarters of the year he spent in a hub in Queensland. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hopefully the borders do Surely open. Um, yeah, I think that, um, look, Lockie Neal's a great player. I think Brisbane played better without him right. at times. Mm, I think yeah. you know, he's a bit of a ball yeah, hunter. Him yes. and Zorko ball hunt, um, McCluggage ball hunts. Yeah. So, um, look, if you can get, I think, pick six and you know, maybe six and 14 is probably adequate. They're certainly not lacking in that area as well. That's if, right. If they do
1: lose Neil, they've got five yeah. or six ready and, to go. And he's a, he's a
0: bona fide star of the yeah. game, Brownlow mm-hmm. medalist. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you might be able to you know, get something else in. That might be Tom Mitchell. The, you know, it's not Luke Parker now because he's re-signed. But there, there might be someone else out there.
2: Mm. Yeah, It'd be a win-win, I think. Yeah. Outstanding stuff. All right, uh, it's going to be a big show. We've got uh, some tennis, US Open. We'll see if uh, Djokovic is the man to beat. We've also got uh, Rugby League, all the big guns of... One last week, Melbourne won, Penrith won, Manly won, and the Bunnies won. So it's going to be a fascinating week, one of finals. we we'll get top rope up a bit later, but let's uh, let's get cracking. It's going to be a big, big show, and let's talk uh, the first prelim final. And we've got the Ds at $1.49 against the Cats at Top Sport, uh, $2.70 Geelong, and the line, 11.5. It's a sellout crowd, and it's a total of one fifty and a half. 2 Two defensively-minded sides here, and... My thoughts are with uh, both these prelims uh, is how much petrol in a tank the Cats and the Bulldogs have, probably more so the Bulldogs. I think uh, they're obviously uh, a bit walking wounded with uh, their players uh, under some clouds. But let's talk about uh, the Ds and the Cats. Obviously, Max Gorn, a little bit of the old, old famer, kicking that uh, goal after the siren. Maxie Gorn it was a huge comeback. There'd be some scars for the Cats after um, having them on the ropes at their home deck, now playing at a neutral ground. Mm. Um Oh, and D's are super, super fresh here. What are your thoughts, MG?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, I think uh, that's points well made. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how much scar tissue Geelong actually carry from a pretty fresh defeat on their home deck, um, and Melbourne being fresh. I think this time of the year, I want to go with 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 the fresher teams. They've got uh, z- pretty much zero injuries. Um, Geelong are carrying some bumps, um, and I just think there's a few matchups that worry me. Um, I think Max Gorn in the ruck. Um, against Stanley. Stanley's going to have to play one yeah, out, of his skin. W- out of his skin just to compete with Max Gorn. He's, he's got virtually zero chance unless he actually goes the man um, to beat Gorn, in my opinion. And if Gorn dominates, um, Melbourne will not let Geelong have the kind of start to have to reel him back in. Um, on a neutral gr- ground, I think, suits Melbourne um, in terms of a fast deck. Geelong need to get their hands on the ball early, um, and Melbourne – I think it actually helps them that their comeback win, that they saw what Geelong are capable for. So I think they'll come out in the first quarter and really try and shut that down early and make sure they're at least with, um, or in front, but at least with Geelong at quarter time um, and and just deny them the ball, I think. It's really contrasting styles for me, this game.
2: Mm. It's interesting. There's a fair bit of rain today, but um, there's pretty clear weather for the rest of the weekend in Perth. What are your thoughts with the D's and and the Cats? I like the Cats. Wow, what yeah, a B. I, like the Cats. I just
0: think I think down there at Geelong uh they, they got 44 points up okay they lost but they got 44 points up so they do something they, they've done something right um I thought they took the, the the foot off the pedal in the second half Isaac Smith was sort of laughing halfway through that last quarter you know probably not a, not a great look I think it's great ammo for, for Chris Scott um and I just think they match up really well I, I think Radigalia has to play yep. has to play um didn't play last time so then you know Petty goes to Cameron May and Hawkins radically then ties up Lever. Um, you know, Gary Rowan, he's a bit of a finals cat. Um, but I just think, you know, last week he he clunked a couple and might have got a little bit of mojo back. He either gets Rivers or probably Hibbard. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're a lot of their sort of their prime ball movers from the back half are sort of occupied. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's um I think it's a great game. I'm really looking forward to this game. Um I I I like Melbourne. They're quick, they're fit. Um but I just think there's something about the Cats. Um, you know, they know what to do. Dangerfield is a bit banged up, possibly. But, yeah, I just think, that, you know, great midfield matchup. Selwood on Oliver. Dangerfield, Petrarca. Smith and Langdon. Duncan and Brayshaw. Um, oh, yeah, I reckon it's a, a cracker and, and can't wait.
1: Selwood so go to uh,
0: Oliver again? I, I think so. Yep. I think what they did in sort of that first half uh, down there at Geelong, um, uh, Stanley had his... Best game for the years, probably the last quarter that Max got on top. Yep. Um, Selwood went to Oliver um, and did a re- did a you yep. know, reasonable job, um, and then you know Duncan didn't play, Radicalee didn't play. Um, you know Jack Henry I think is a really good defender, um, so they sort of tie up that end. Um, yeah, I, I I think there's there's matchups all over the ground that you're, you know are really you know really. Um, Mouth-watering, yeah. um, but, um yeah, I just, I just think it's going to be a cracking game and, yeah, um, yeah can't
1: wait. It's, it's, it's a bit like what we spoke about earlier with the Brisbane Bulldogs, the contrasting styles. When, when Brisbane were on and they had the fast-moving pace, they dominated the game. When the Bulldogs were able to pull that back and get get control, they dominated as well. And I think this, this game is very much the same. If Melbourne can control their back 50, which they've been able to do all, all year, and get on the outside and be able to run on a fast deck, mm. then Geelong – statistically wise this year, will not be able to keep up with Melbourne. If Geelong are able, by contrast, to control the ball, slow it down, win the uncontested ball, and their forwards can at least break even or stand up. And this is not an easy matchup. Melbourne won't dominate Geelong's forwards. They've got too many good players. Jeremy Cameron's an absolute star. Um, but if Geelong can control the flow of the game, they will be in it for long enough and they love to strangle sides. Mm. And Geelong's game plan, I have no doubt, is to stick with Melbourne at all stages during the game and keep it as late as possible and make Melbourne almost shit the bed. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Melbourne will get stage fright. And that's that's the thing that worries me about Melbourne. I think, you know, I'm a bit different from Ob. I just think the matchups, I think Gorn is too much for them. And if Melbourne's midfield uh, get control of it and then they win on the outside with blokes like Langdon. I think they will get enough opportunity, but the, the mental space for me is Melbourne is their biggest worry. Well, and
0: last time they were in a prelim, overraptors, though it was over halfway <laughs>
1: through the second quarter <laughs> I and mean, it was going so <laughs> <Yeah>. strong. <laughs> and and the thing is about Geelong, they'll be conditioned to that. When you talk about Adam Scott gearing up, he'll want to he'll want to be in Melbourne's face. You know, this is going to war to to, Chris to make a grand final. Yeah. So he he will be he'll have his charges ready to go, and he'll have blokes like Isaac Smith really yep. really yapping yep. at he, Melbourne one hundred percent. Especially if they get on top early, it's mm. like here we go again. You know what I
0: That's mean? All, like, yeah. My my worry is I just hope they don't bring Sean Higgins back in for Parfit. I, I think they might. He, he sounds like he's in. I, though, I, he? I think so. But <laughs> look, I, I think Higgins is the the, the perfect sub. Yeah. Um. Just because yes. he gives that experience on the bench. Um. But I just think they they might just be a little bit. Slow if they brought you know him in. I'm a bit of a Simpson fan, yeah. Uh, Sam Simpson. Yep. So um, hopefully they can, um, yeah. Hopefully he plays. But um, yeah, sounding like Higgins, they might just get a little bit,
2: be a little bit slow in their front half when the ball hits the ground. Yeah, people. Mm. Yeah. I um I think Melbourne are lucky here. They've um the, the rain's going to hit tonight in Perth, and it's ten to fifteen mil. That's a lot of rain, and that would have played into the hands of the Cats big time. Awesome. I think uh, surely the surface over at Perth dries out enormous, and I think the fast deck is going to undo the Cats here. As confident as I was that Geelong were going to dismantle uh GWS last time, I think the Ds, provided that rain doesn't do funny things. Sometimes Perth can throw out some funny weather. So if there's a second band of rain, um, that brings the Cats into it for mine. But uh, I couldn't be more confident about the Ds. I think they've... I've found that belief. I was a little bit worried about Petrarca and the tears after the game when they were down at uh, the Cattery, but I, I love the way they went about it against the um, the Bears, or sorry, the Lions, the in the, uh, to, to get here to the prelim. I think the Ds are the real deal, and I think that was the belief that they needed to beat the Cats down at the home dunghill and... Yeah, they probably wouldn't have come back if there was a crowd. So it'll be fascinating first quarter. Um, we're gonna we're gonna know pretty much straight away here with this one. It's gonna be um, mouth watering. I'm uh, sort of getting goosebumps thinking about this match. It's gonna be an absolute corker. All right, Saturday night. Let's have a look at uh, the other match. It's uh, not quite as appealing with uh, the Bulldogs not quite fully fit. But uh, twenty to eight here at Adelaide Oval. Uh, one forty one. The power three dollars Western Bulldogs and fourteen and a half the line here. Some money for the minus already. 155 and a half. The total MG. I look at that total and I think I want to be on the over unless it's uh, that Perth weather shifting across from Adelaide. Yeah, there is a chance. The, mm.
1: the totals actually moved down from 157 to 155. So um, for over punters, I think you can just hold, hold, hold your horses for a bit. Um, and if you're on the unders, you probably want to go earlier rather than later. Um, I think this game's got more potential for points in it than the first one. Um, I think for Geelong to win the first game, the total will have to be low. Um, whereas I think uh, the Bulldogs will have to try and match Port in this game. I think, you know, the, you know, the the thing that worries me about the Bulldogs is a few things. Port being at home, this will be a sellout as, as well, I assume. Mm. And this crowd can get loud. Um, and they've also had two weeks wait, the build-up in Adelaide for this um, Port have got uh, full of running, week off, limited injuries, um, and their record at home's been pretty good this year. Uh, the thing of the Bulldogs that worries me is they've covered the whole country of yeah. late. Um, and I just, you know, I, I can't come to sides um, like the same with GWS coming off the win against Sydney and then having to back up again the, the final. Uh, that's why we thought you know Geelong were, were the better thing, good things last week. Mm. I, I'm just going to continue that on, I think. I think the bulldogs, the emotion and everything that comes out of that game in Brisbane, mm-hmm. um, and to win with the travelling that they've got to do to to go to Port, I just think it's going to be too much. But Bont on one league, big uh, worry, Ob. I don't think he plays. Don't even. No, no, play. I don't, I don't, well, don't I think that
0: up. I think you've got to sort of you, you've got to think you're going to win. So if they win, that's three weeks off yep. for a grand final. But if, if if he if he plays and they. And they win. Well, you know what damage does it do?
2: He's probably going to push through and play. But um, yeah, I like that. I, I like your theory there. I'd be gambling on to rest him, and then you've got him fresh for the for the grand final because everyone's trying to win a grand final. That's here, right. And I think that's the best way to look at it. You have yep. got to try and win with like get through without him, um, and sort of go in and roll the dice for a grand final tilt because you can you can't win the grand final with him busted up. Two games in a row. That's right. And if it's bone bruising, you, you sort of you,
0: you, you lack that
1: power mm, and explosive. Good angle. S- um, yeah, s- I'm, I'm not so sure. I think
2: you, you just jab until. Well, you can't jab a bone. No, you can't. Yeah, that's no, true. no. All that painkillers.
1: I, I I would say if he's around the fifty fifty mark or something like that, I I go with him and risk him and play him forward and try and try something different and play him actually out of the square. Um, I'm I'm of the belief that. I understand what you guys are saying, and and I'm not disagreeing with it, but you can't win a grand final from the sidelines. So if you're not there, you can't win it. Mm. And the Bulldogs, being the outsider, going into a tough environment, he is your captain, he is your leader. Mm. The psychological blow of pre-post going in without the bont is too much scarring for the Bulldogs to overcome. They need Bond to go in, and even if you're losing, I understand the downside. But I think if he's if he's a bit ginger or whatever, I, I, I roll the dice for Okay, it's a good point you make. Yeah, you can't win it if you're not there. Um,
0: Steph Martin definitely plays. Really? Yeah, he definitely plays. Yep. I um right. yeah, they trained on the weekend in Launceston before they flew out. Um, got through the session. I think if you look at it, Lewis Young played 53 percent of game time. Yep. Can Steph Martin cover that? I think so. So, you yeah, know, Steph Martin might be able to get 65% game time, you'd think, possibly yep. it allows English forward. Then it changes the, 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 the forward structure. Yep. Um, then the battle of the Mosquito Fleet sort of comes into it. Um, I think it's Anthony Scott or Johannesson coming for Waitman. Um, and then uh, yeah, I don't think Artis plays, mm. even if he got through the sandfall on the weekend. But yes. I just think with Dixon, Marshall and Laddams, that works best. Yep. You know, you can't go too top heavy. Um, so Rosie's sort of that you know, in-between, sort of the 6-1 uh, forward, so um, yeah. I, I, look, it's the battle of mis- midfield depth. Um, I think I like Trelaw, most disposals. I think he will come out. Although yeah. Jackson McRae, he, he is severely underrated. This guy, he mm. is a serious footballer. Yeah, um, but I, I think the power will be too strong here. Yeah, mm.
1: I, I think that's the other option. I think with Bont, you know, even even if he wasn't uh, injured, I'd almost starting forward anyway and throw Trelaw in as yeah. well for that. Mm. Mm. I mean, the Trelaw didn't work. Um, as a, ha- a half yep. forward, having me out of the square, put him, to, square, yeah, put him, put him in the middle, yeah. and you know the bonk can at least take marks. Whether he kicks straight, but he had three or four set shots on goal yep. against the Brisbane. I know he missed a few. Yeah, zero three. Um, and he's usually the Yeah, but it's a tough matchup. And you know, even if he basically can make, nullify, he can make Alir Alir accountable. Something like that. Yeah. You know, really throw. Ports plans out Spatting at least early and just Absolutely. see what happens. And that's if you're getting beaten in the midfield and the bond's right to go, then you throw him in. But well, that,
0: and that's the thing because then, you know, Alir Alir will have to go to English if Martin plays, yep. English or um, Norton. Yep. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Jonas down there. He'll Jonas will have to go to Yes, And then you've got McKenzie that's going to play undersized again. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it does, does sort of expose him a little bit.
2: Yeah. Let's have a quick look at uh, the premiership market uh, with Top Sport. D's uh, two dollars 60 sixty, three dollars the power. Cats five fifty, six dollars Western Bulldogs. All right, so uh, we've just previewed the games. Who's who, who would you be backing now, Gunty Ed, to win the uh, the flag? I I can't believe I'm saying I, I can't believe I'm saying that Port Adelaide. I, I can't I can't believe it's three dollars. They're just sitting there at three dollars, and they're the form side of the competition. I just. It, I'm completely shocked. Um, and it, But at the same time, the Ds and Port, there's two sides. It's, it's been a blanket field for, the, I guess, the whole season. And these both of these sides are in the right form at the right time and they're the fittest and healthiest. So I think that says a lot about the betting market. And if, yeah, gun to my head, I'd probably have to back the Ds at 260. They, these have been the four
0: form sides all year. Mm. So Bulldogs have been first or second. They, you know, final three weeks of the year they dropped out of the top four. So yes. these are the four best sides. Yeah. In four, it, uh,
1: four best defenses as well. Okay, and
0: yeah. then um, I, I like Port. Yeah, if it was if the grand final was at the MCG, hundred percent it's Melbourne. Mm. You know, you yes. can't. They'll be queuing up for days to get in the MCC. Um, <laughs> but, but you wouldn't be allowed to do that in this yeah, era. Well, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the boring would be pumping. Uh, but I, I like Port over yeah. there. I really do. They're MG. Quick.
1: Yeah, I think right now with those odds, I think I could. Uh, I, I, I want to back Melbourne, but I just think um, they've still got they've still got the shit the bed kind of thing that worries me. If I'm investing, Port don't have that, um, and I think if you like both Geelong or Bulldogs, you're just better to back them in the all up um, being outsiders for mine. So yeah, if I was having if I was having $100 on something, I'm I'm going Port right now.
2: Outstanding. Uh, we won't talk about the Brownlow too much. The Stream Bank is absolutely airborne at the moment, so we're over uh, 20k. It's Sunday week; they've pushed it forward. Um, what, who's your fancy for the uh for the Brownler? Uh look I, you
0: know, Wines and Pontepelli, Olive, everyone's talking about them. Look, I love Jack Steele to to win it. Um lo- man. yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely fellow Jack. Um I just think he starts off the year too slowly for mm, mine. Yep. Um but the 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 big one's always been sort of like the top five betting. I think that there's always someone that sort of comes yeah. in um yeah. from outside. So I, I sort of like a, a Luke Parker, um, Jackson oh. McRae. um uh, Tom Mitchell type, yep. um, Smokey, yeah, just someone just to push in. There's always one or two that sort of that, that push up that you aren't expecting. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I think Tom, Tom Mitchell's definitely one of those that could run close to the top five for sure. But yeah, this will this will be a count. Um, good to see top sports now, and and the bookies will probably follow. Scooty that they've uh, started to really. Uh, crunched down markets, on the yeah. percentage as well mm. um i've noticed that wines now is north of three dollars they pushed the bond back mm. out to four oliver's beyond four so they've really cut out a few of the percentage and all of a sudden away from the top four or five now they're, they're, they're yeah. starting to get out of the odds that big, they can't win price um so they're more of a realistic price so yeah with only uh what have we got a week and a half left of betting um now's the time to check out all the markets and, and get involved
2: Yeah, Little Birdie Pod, uh, Brownlow 2021. If you want to jump on the stream, so it's going to be three and a half hours of live betting. We're going to preview every single round. So Mark's priced up uh, every match and who's going to get the votes. So uh, we'll zip through. We'll make the three and a half hours more exciting than uh, G. McLaughlin just reading out three votes and Bontempelli. So hopefully we've uh, got some entertainment there for you and uh, we can steer you into a winner or two. But if you want uh, Mark to steer the betting bank for you, it's uh, 50 or 1,000 you can deposit. And uh, there's a little. two-minute video with myself on how to uh, join the stream, so make sure you check that out. It's going to be a fascinating uh, prelim finals week. Can't wait. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, so exciting, and uh, hopefully the Ds can uh, finally break through. It's the story that everyone wants, and uh, Port Adelaide would be uh, well-deserving to make it there. All all teams have done a great job, so it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. We'll uh, take a break, and we'll come back. We'll talk Rugby League and Hall of Fame with Top Road next. Welcome back to the Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG and OB in studio. That sounds good, doesn't it, when you say that? It's time to talk rugby League and Hall of Fame with our favourite, our MVP, Top Rope Tadeshi. How are you, brother? Uh,
3: I'm up and about, boys. I'm up and about. It's footy finals time. The NFL is here. Yeah, <laughs> Rider right cups just around the corner. How could you not be happy
2: Mm, it's uh, it's going to be great. Tom Brady versus uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Brady does Dallas is our NFL show, so make sure you check that out on the YouTube channel or <laughs> Apple Spotify. What's funny?
3: <laughs> Brady does Dallas. I've heard it all.
2: You know what? Everyone's oh. saying that Melbourne's got the biggest lockdown in the world, but the you know the real crime top rope is uh, it's kittens. Kittens has been shut now for fifty six days in a row. That's criminal.
3: What's kittens? <laughs>
2: Oh, please. It's your second home. <laughs> <name>. oh,
3: <geez. laughs> okay, let's talk all yeah, the fun. If there's one business that's going to bounce back, I think it'll be fine.
2: Hmm. If uh, if they did incentives around uh, getting the vaccine and going to Kittens, I tell you what, there'd be a line from here to Mornington to uh, get the jab, and I'd be probably front and centre of that queue. Now, let's talk Hall of Fame this week. Cam Munster, he's, uh, he's a big Kittens man, and uh, he's been in the uh, Hall of Fame. Matt Frawley was in last week. Maxi gone. he sunk the Cats after the sign. Justin Pascoe for West, that doco. Haunting, really, if you're a West Tigers fan. Barosha, Ollie, Anthony Jupp when he rorted the, uh, the NFL uh, anthem flyover. Rang up, pretending to be the BBC. Yeah, they're all in there. They're all in the Hall of Fame. OB, you will get in there one day. I don't know what he'll do for the punt, but I'm sure there's something. MG, have you got a nomination this week? I've got a couple the other way. There's a, I've had a rough week on the punt, a couple of horror rides, a couple of sick beats, a couple of seconds. Giant McNeil got me yesterday at Sandown. The list goes on. What have you got this week, Hall of Fame?
1: Yeah, I know. It's going to be tough to beat. It's a hot field this week, but uh, I've found Top Rope a uh, uh, catering Manager for our uh, Hall of Fame party at the end of the year, so uh,
2: Nadia Bartell. Oh, she'd be a chance. She'd be <laughs> great fun. I, yeah. I wasn't much of a Nadia ba- Bartell fan, like, but uh, but I, yeah. I think she's starting to, to to elevate. I didn't like the way she should have just owned it. What do you reckon, Ob? You...
0: Absolutely, she should just come out and said, "I've done it." You know, I think the the winner out of that was the Kmart crockery.
2: <laughs> <I told> her, <laughs> sold <laughs> off the <sold laughs> <off> shelf. <laughs> when do you get the when do you get the good crockery out? That's the question. <laughs> well, they're microwavable, so. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty good value at $1.50. Top Ray, what, what have you got? Are we just uh, talking dribble here? or Have you got something from the wreck? You're up and about.
3: No, look, it was just good that Nadia uh, it was, it was pretty good for a personal brand because absolutely nobody had heard of a North of the Murray. So uh, good luck to him. <laughs> good luck to him. Uh, don't, don't, don't know what a link is to sport, but good luck to um, uh, there's Nothing, nothing. <laughs> like, you, you could have nominated, you could have won $10 million in the punt this week, Scooty, and you still weren't getting in. Uh, the 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 end of the Manly Cowboys game was something truly to behold as either the sickest beat of all time or the greatest backdoor cover of all time. Pending position, of course. Uh, I was lucky enough to be on the minus so that didn't ha- that didn't hurt my position. But uh, Manly minus twenty four and a half last week against the Cowboys, led by six with twelve minutes to go. The game was over. Like you couldn't you couldn't win your bet. Absolutely no chance. Score four tries in the last uh, 12 minutes, including what has to be the most obscene try when a game is over of all time. Like, the only explanation is that Manly have backed themselves. Well, they at least knew what the line was and they wanted to do right. Uh, up by uh, 22 with 30 seconds to play. The Cowboys kick the ball, almost goes dead, sits on point. Ruben Garrett, the Manly forward, picks it up. Now, he could have stepped over the dead ball line and the 45 seconds got to do the dropout. Game over. He runs sideways 20 metres in goal to escape the chase. Zigzags back, runs about 40 metres, throws a massive cutout ball to Daly Cherry, who's somehow standing in the wing. Tom Treboy, which at this stage is shaking hands with the Cowboys players. Good gang fellas. Well played. <laughs> Cherry takes off down the sideline, beats the beats the winger, beats the winger Comes in, does an obscene grubby kick inside. It's finally clicked with Turbo what's going on. <laughs> Turbo's there, picks it up, avoids the tackle, scores the try. Manly cover. <laughs> How was it? it was the wildest gambling finish to any sporting event I could ever remember. It was obscene. It's fascinating, isn't it? The Manly Seagulls.
2: The whole team goes in. Yeah. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Evan, Evan's that'd, with- be, that'd be his best ever. That's the, probably the best thing he's ever done ever. Daily Cherry Evans. Top rope, the only reason Cherry
1: Evans said he was on the wing is he was on the way to the showers. <laughs> He'd already shaken hands.
3: <laughs> they, they seriously, they were all shaking hands at halfway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on the Cowboys plus 23, plus oh. 24 and a half, you, you're just finding the nearest window, aren't you? Like, I saw one tweet, if you? I don't know how well you guys know Sydney, but uh, the Gap's a pretty famous place, and uh, they said the line up through Watson's Bay to get to the Gap. Was mm. large.
1: Yeah, we got, yeah. yeah, got the west gate. Yeah, yeah, we got the Westgate or the balti. Harvey Norman he can bounce Chair. off the balti though. Harvey Norman, Norman chairs went up because uh, the amount of TVs it was smashed as well. Unbelievable. Had to be replaced <laughs> for uh, the plus plus punters. Yeah,
2: it's good when you're on on one that way. But uh, manly seagulls have done us plenty of favors. Thanks to Tommy Turbo, it's just absolutely airborne. Another uh, Turbo, brothers. Four tries between He's him. Sort of three to Tommy Turbo. Is he the greatest player ever? Ob. Oh, uh, well, well, there's, there's, there's Cam Smith. Ever.
0: Ooh, Cam Smith doesn't rate. Um, there's probably Andrew Johns. Darren Lockyer goes, goes okay. Yeah, they go all right. But Tommy um,
2: Turbo is he new Grouse?
0: He's oh, is he ever?
2: Is he? Yeah. This season's
0: got to be up there with one of the
2: best ever seasons. Best seasons. Well, the new guy. Ga- it's a new game, though, they're, so they're, it doesn't
0: count, does what, it? What I sort of. Um, have to hold back a little bit they're talking about the greatest seasons ever you know talking about Turbo then they talk about Ben Barber who's fallen off the face of the <laughs> earth Jared Hain wouldn't have thought
3: so,
2: so <laughs> he's not competing <laughs> much in that regard oh,
3: Tommy Turbo is going to the dark side that's the forecast over God
2: it. that'd be awful awful that. Uh. he was uh, was part of the Sydney
0: Swans Academy back in the day as well so one wow. way away from Wow!
2: wow. Yep. wow. coached by Paul Roos what... he probably could have won a Brownlow too He's that good hmm. Top Red doesn't even know how to spell AFL <laughs> What's a <laughs> what's a brown, what's a brown, brown one? What's a... <laughs> oh. All right, Fox, uh, Fox and Munster are they going to play? Oh. That's uh, that's the news. That's all that really matters. Uh, we're obviously big Melbourne Storm fans. We've got them on us nearly every uh, every week. They're a staple for us, the mighty Storm. What's going on with uh, Fox and uh, Munster top rope? Well,
3: what's going on with you? Nearly every week. You mean every week, Scooty? We've backed them every week. <laughs> um, it's uh, Fox is out. Fox won't play. So uh, Munster will be given till today, Thursday, to prove his fitness, but is highly likely to play. So I expect Munster will play and Fox not going to play.
2: Mm. All right, let's have a look at uh, the NRL Premiership market. And the Storm, we've got the Warbles over at Top Sport. Uh, Tristan started to uh, loosen them up, which gets me a little bit nervous. 220 out to 240, the Storm. Panthers now 260, who uh, are running pretty hot at the moment. Manly Seals, $6.00. The Boonwars, my team, an OB's team, $10. Parramatta, mm, soft underbelly, $21. The Roosters, uh, $34. The Titans, $81. And Newcastle Knights, making up the numbers, $81. Uh, Top rope, are you worried about the Melbourne Storm? They've been a little bit chinky uh, for the last couple of weeks. Have they got a a switch that's just going to be pushed here? They look pretty chilled out at Double Island uh, on the beach through the week. I tell you what, Bellamy, he looks after them.
3: I get the feeling Tristan hates cash if he's winding the storm out. Please, <laughs> that's excellent, though. No, I'm not worried. I, I was probably a little concerned going to last week. With a pretty weak inside, we saw the pap back, and that was the key. Uh, mm, Sound the alarm, the pap is back. Great game, three tries. The big worry was that the long term future of the storm is Ryan Pappenhausen. And if he wasn't, if he was lacking confidence, wasn't going to play well, it was going to be a massive call for Craig Bellamy to drop in. It would have caused all kinds of of, of, of kind of ructions in the playing group. I would have thought if Nico Hines had then come in. I think he's done the right thing here. Paperthausen has made the decision really easy for him. Key for the storm is that, which we haven't seen a lot of over the last six weeks. The big middles, Tui Kamakamika, Nelson Asopa Solomona, uh, Dale Finneke, really lead the way in kind of laying the platform for the storm. They're all back this week. Brandon Smith does so does so well for the back of those guys, and then Harry Grantley comes on, just really creates space for the backs. But there's a bit of a risk out wide, like some of the defence on the edges is concerning, but I, I I'm not worried at all. about the storm this week. I think the storm, I think the storm's going to cruise to the premiership this year. I think the the the, 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 the switch has well and truly been flipped, and, and I, I I think yeah I, I don't know how they're not on right now.
2: Well, I just love his confidence. Just gets me up and about. And Friday night, that's when everyone will be up and about. We've got sunshine, Coast Stadium, beautiful place of the world. Uh, Melbourne Storm dollar thirty eight, according to TopSport dot com and the Sea Eagles three fifteen, eight and a half the line. A little bit of money for the plus, and the total there is forty four and a half. Tell you what, the door thirty-eight. It'll be going in my lock of the week. So hold on to your hats. It's uh, it's definitely going to be the way I'll play. But top rope, how are you playing here? You're going to take the minus, or you're going to wait for the money to come for Manly and then just go the other way, rope doe.
3: I will back the minus now, and then when it moves to 7.5, I'll just have to double down and go again. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I'm not I'm not convinced about Manly's form over the last few weeks. Everyone is smitten about them smacking up on bad teams, but they they struggled against. Canterbury two weeks ago, last place Canterbury, three win Canterbury. Uh, look, an intercept try and made the final margin 18, but that was a one score game for a long, long time. Cowboys second last state, worst defence in the competition. That margin was six points with 12 minutes to go. I'm not sure they're going that well to me, so, uh, I think Melbourne do this. I, I wouldn't say they're going to do it in a route, but I think they're, they're going to cover the line. I think they'll do it relatively easily. I think, you know, from a firepower point of view, they've both probably got it. But Manly aren't really proven against any of the top teams this year. So uh, I'll, I'll happily take the minus here and, and see
2: how we go. I tell you what, MG will just be into the any time try-scorer markets. You'll be all over your man, Pap, and then yeah. uh, Tommy Turbo. I'll be probably hand-in-hand with you there. I'll be what rolling in here.
3: Don't go multi there, kid. Uh, can, you, can you fit 17 try-scorers and under, <laughs> under
1: it? He's going to back the over. Looks pretty simple, 44.5. <laughs> Storm will do 40 by himself. OB any insight there?
0: You're a big rugby league man. yeah, I am I'm not a I'm not a big storm fan. Oh. Jeez, you've had a rough year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I would like manly to win, but yeah look I love turbo and that's about it. Um, you know hopefully we'll get through Justin Ollum. can't defend but can score. so yeah, watch it with interest. Oh Jesus. See what OB
1: he's padding up on the Friday night, interesting.
2: Uh, Anyone anyway, lucky we had him in the paddock for so long. I don't know <laughs> if I would have cop this all year. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> like storm, jeez, yeah, exactly. Come yeah, on. I, I think the dollar 38 is uh, as a gift there, in Melbourne storm, so they'll be on my lock of the week. And uh, I've already started backing them anyway. It uh, looks like an absolute gift. Let's have a look at uh, Saturday uh, afternoon at 5.35. Beautiful time slot here, just after the uh, the GG's here. The Roosters, a dollar 25, the Titans, 4 10. The line here eleven and a half and forty six and a half. The total here, the chooks. Surely that goes in the multi there too at dollar uh, twenty five top rope.
3: Yeah, absolutely, it goes in the multi. Come back on minus ten and a half. Come back on thirteen plus. Come back on extended lines. <laughs> uh, I think not would to be a straight up smash job here. The, the, the chooks. Uh, I kind of, early in the week, I was was a little kind of probably a little more reserved on this one. Kind of like the is The more the weeks worn on the more I can kind of see this being a, a, a pretty convincing rooster's win, a kind of last stand, if you will, for a team that's really battled injury and in retirement all year and have done a remarkable job to get where they are. Where I see the problem for the Titans is, like, they haven't beat the top eight side in two years. They are a, a team that, that, that beats up on teams of alignment and, and is, is panels off the teams above them. I've got some pretty hard runners the, the, the Roosters. Victor Radley's back, but they've got Crichton and, and Satili Tipeneu on the edges. They're on that outside in line, that is you know, really damaging against even good defenders. The halves and the centres for the Titans all very, very poor defenders. So I, I think this could be could be a concern for them. Oh, you know, Fafita is, has been their big weapon. He's not. He, he's not been coming on until kind of half an hour in the game. They could be down 18-24 nil by the time he gets on. So, uh, I think the Roosters win this. And I, I quite the like over on this one too.
2: Well, wow, it's, it's a bit of a surprise. They look. They look. They looked okay last uh, last week. Gold Coast Titans. Jaden Campbell. He's absolutely flying. They look like he put points on. What about the total? Are we are we just going to sail over here? It'll just be a game of no tackles. The game that PBL has now created. Uh,
3: PBL's done a wonderful job with rugby league, as we all know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I expect that. Uh, I like the over in this one. I, I do think there'll be some points in it. Uh, I think most of those will come from, from the Roosters. The top look, the, the, it's very easy for 44 points on a team that's not trying, and that's exactly what happened last week. The Warriors said, well, I'm sure they've given up the ghosts, and you yeah, know, they had yeah, they were down to 10 players at one stage on the field, so mm. uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of um, you know. I don't put a lot of stock into that. They, yeah, the Titans had to get into a job. They did it. Good luck to them. But I don't, I, I'm not, not, I don't, I don't think that holds any weight going into this week. Uh, both teams pretty loose defensively at the moment. Uh, Roosters usually are the other team in the finals, but they're playing on a second-string side here. They've been conceding 20-plus regularly, but they've also piled up the points of chooks. So uh, I would say the Roosters get to 30 here. Can the Titans get to class, you know, 12, 16? Probably so. I'll be on the over. Mm. You'll be on the
1: over. Add it to your lock, your multis, become no, no, the same no, game multi. multis. No, 15 legs and there's
2: only four games. Ob, Roose Chooks, easy, easy, easy. Oh jeez, well, I think well, the well,
0: seven, seven and eight are just making up the numbers.
2: Oh, okay. All in, all in for uh, the it's Chookies There. Eight. All right, Saturday night, 7:35. Uh, don't. Uh, this is a clash game. I don't like the time slot here. I don't know why they just don't. Yeah. Don't but know. play nice. I want to see all of it. What? I, I want to know. see Lash. all the games.
3: Lash. What's it clashing with?
2: AFL. I'm gonna to have to be oh, in I here. I'm gonna to have to be in the office. Good excuse to come in the office. Working. That's why you got that's why you got two TVs. Yeah, I need lots of TVs. All right, Saturday night, seven thirty five at uh Queensland Country Bank Stadium Towns. Also nice uh, nice little double header there. Penrith Panthers one twenty three, the Rabbits 440. 11 and a half uh one eighty five on the minus there. This is uh scary, scary territory for the and Forty four and a half the total there, no Latrell. It's uh or oh, uh, it's not gonna be straight sets, is it, Top rope. Straight out.
3: Before we get to this game, did you hear the quote from Andrew Abbott throughout the week about the clash with the AFL Grand Final? And is it is that next week the AFL Grand Final?
2: No, couple two of weeks, weeks.
3: Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, it's clash against the preliminary uh, preliminary mm. final for the rugby league, and Andrew Abbott goes, you know, would you consider moving it? And he said, we don't cave to anybody. How good's the PVL era of rugby league? Oh. He's not moving it for anybody. Tremendous work, tremendous work, PVL, tremendous work, Andrew Abner. Um, oh, it's yeah. only going to
2: cost you a couple of yeah. million eyeballs, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. No no one, as you were,
0: don't move it if you don't want anyone watching it. <laughs> oh. Hopefully, they don't have Storm plane. That'll be that'll be
1: a clash.
3: <laughs> oh. uh, look, I, I eagerly look forward to seeing the uh, most watched uh, most watched list at the end of the year and uh, the NRL Grand Final uncompeted with uh, clearing out again because um, AFL's no, finished. Look, I think up against the, uh, postcards. I think, I, <laughs> I, I and Stor- and Storm will, will be
1: in the grand final. That's why you got so many eyeballs.
3: <laughs> don't be like that, MG. Don't be like that. <laughs>
2: right, <who's> gonna, who, <laughs> why are Penrith going to win this one?
3: Because <laughs> uh, there's no literal. Uh hmm. Penrith, are, Penrith are going uh, well. Health's a big issue. I think South will, will, will change it the team. I don't think South will go bang, bang. but I think they're... You know, They're not going to be happy to concede this one, but I don't think they give themselves much chance of winning this one, to be honest. So I think they give themselves probably more chance of rolling the storm in a prelim than they do winning this week. So uh, I I just don't see how South score in this game. South South win on the back of, you know, posting 30, 34 points. Perkins win by kind of stifling teams. South were kept to 12 last time. I just don't see how they score enough points, especially without Latrell on the field. I think this is going to be fairly one-way traffic. I think it's an unders game, but I think this is like a thirty to nil, thirty to six kind of win for the Panthers.
2: Last time these two sides played, my my private chat group blew up like a Christmas tree, and uh, I think the refereeing was a bit average that night. Is this true, Ov? You're nodding a lot of noddies. Yeah, very average that night. The, the bunnies were all over them in the first half, and just couldn't get through them. Um,
0: so the defence of Penrith is enormous, but uh, I've got from inside the camp this week: oh. the bunnies are all in. They are—they're fresh. They're no needles. They're—they're they're ready to go.
2: So take that as you will. But uh, I'm on the bunnies, non-vaxed, <laughs> no vaccine. <laughs> I think the plus is starting to—if the money keeps running for Penrith Panthers, the plus looks uh, enticing. Once you get that key number twelve running for you, I think uh, that'd be the go top rope. Especially if you're tipping the unders. Come on, give a little... Where well, are bunnies in here. You need to give us some hope. And uh,
3: I, just, I just don't think there's much hope like, I'd much rather see south it, yeah, win. On base point before, Grant Atkins, who was the referee that night, uh, a, Penrith, uh, a, a life member of the Penrith Junior Rugby League Hall of Fame there, so uh, probably zero surprises where, uh, <laughs> how that game was officiated. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... I would love to see South win. As, as, as the listeners know, we're on South pre-season to win it all. It would be very handy to have a South, uh, a South Melbourne grand final. So I'll be cheering the bunnies on. But I'd I, I really, in current form, I just don't know where the points are coming from. If they're, if they're going to win this one, yeah, they're going to have to win a grinder. And South really aren't used to winning grinders. So uh, we'll see. But uh, I, I, I'm definitely towards the minus. Even at the, yeah, I'd probably be reluctant to take minus 12.5, but if it was flat 12, I'd still be on the minus.
2: Okay, let's, uh, let's go for the under 44 and a half and uh, cheer for a boil over. Okay, uh, Sunday at uh, Rockhampton at Brown Park. Brown with an E. Parramatta Eels, thirty-nine, And the Knights are 3.10. The line at flat eight. Money for the Knights, surprisingly. And uh, 40, 45 and a half is the total there top rope. How do you see this uh, playing out? Some chance not?
3: Just on Rockhampton. Any chance the groundskeeper up there could actually just you know, have a word and actually use just one lot of grass? It's like a cow paddock up there. Mm. You know, if you you yeah, you know, I know MG's a big grass man. Uh, bit of <laughs> buffalo, bit of a, just can someone mow the lawn and get, get just get a get a flat one track, please? Someone's got to do an ankle. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't give the I don't give the knights much chance at all. to be honest. I, I? I'm not a huge rap on Parramatta this year, but Parramatta put bad teams to the sword. The Knights are in the finals for one reason and one reason only. They were the beneficiaries of an extraordinarily soft draw. Mm. They played just nine matches against top eight sides this year, so it was they have the second worst. The only team they scored more points than this year was the Canterbury Bulldogs, and their nine games against top eight sides, they've averaged nine point four four points a game this year. So uh, Parramatta can score points, you know, against bad teams. I think the daytime suits the Eels. I think the Eels have been pretty comfortably. I, I just think this Pong and Pierce combination is, is pretty overrated at the moment. Like, stats aren't really bearing out. They're a much better side this year with them on the park or without them. So I, I'm happy to kind of pop the Knights here. And, uh, they kind of fell into the finals last year in a pretty similar vein, got absolutely annihilated by South in that semi. So uh, I can kind of see something similar here for the Eels.
0: OB? Parramatta, they've beaten the Storm twice. This year. I only seem to do it. So that's handy form. But uh yeah, Newcastle just look horrendous. Mm. Paramount all the way for me.
2: All right. Let's uh let's go to our uh that's a wrap for the uh the rugby league. So watch uh watch and uh see how the storm just turned the switch this week. I think uh I think Bellamy will have them absolutely firing. The boys look super relaxed looking at Harry Grant's Instagram page. Don't ask me why I follow that, but uh I've seen it and I can't unsee it either. But uh <laughs> Let's talk Lock of the Week. I've been making a meal of it, and thanks to John Allen piloting uh, Wisdom of Water last week. He gave that horse absolutely none. Make sure you put that in your black book, uh, Wisdom of Water at the Valley. Uh, the Inferno was the horse that won the race, but uh, this horse has got a run in it, and make sure it's over 1,000 or 1,100 metres. Don't laugh at me like that top rope. I've done my absolute kyber, it, and then I back was up a, on it. It was
3: a fair run by the Inferno, though, to be fair.
2: Oh, he's, yeah, he's going to be uh, very hard to beat next start. I don't know if he's the Everest material, but uh, he's definitely in the mix there. But uh, let's find uh, some winners for Lock of the Week. This is for uh, raise.org.au. I don't know if you've got a Lock of the Week this week, OB, but uh, you can have a couple of minutes to uh, try and find a moral. So it's $200 each for charity. We've already got 10 in the bank. Uh, feels like a long time ago, the Warnel Carnival. So let's try and rally for that 5 I might lead us off this week. I'm got full it. of confidence. I'm prepared. I've been in ISO. I've been doing absolutely. We got sweet FA. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of leagues because we got to get to the 5K. Yeah. Right. And I uh, got a couple of requests from uh, a couple of listeners of the show. Ooh. They want me to add a team that's playing against their team because they know I'm the kiss of death. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Nice> so I've <laughs> I've obliged. Astute. I've obliged. So you know who we are out there, but uh, I'll uh, I'll definitely put. Uh, yeah port adelaide in against your western bulldogs so here we go so melbourne storm uh, i'm going to take the dollar 38 that's theft sadly i'm going to put in penrith to beat south sydney don't look at me like that ob dollar 23 the d's the Ds and the power, uh, as I said before, I think Melbourne and Port will be too fresh uh, for the guys that have done it the hard way in uh, Geelong and Western Bulldogs. And then I think Ayrton in the Roll of Dice Colors will be getting the chocolates in race five at Flemington. So that takes me at the magical $6 mark. So $200, 1200 rock and roll. I'm, I'm still alive to get to the 5K. So what are you going to do, MG? Two-legger, even money? Well, you, you know we've got oh. only a couple of shows to go. So... Actually, need to try and get to five five thousand dollars. You can't just. Well, you only. Let, well, I'm in the finals. I've only got two matches to play with, so it's making it a bit hard. You got so, to hit it past the women's team. Oh, Come on!
1: Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw in a guy that's going for a, the Grand Slam in tennis. I'm going to go oh, a bit out wide. wide. So I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm just going to add. it to bolster it. So I'm going to throw in Djokovic. I can't believe he's out to a dollar ninety top rope. Write this down that he is out to a dollar to win the U.S. Open. Uh, so I'm going to throw that in, and I just. Think
2: uh go <laughs> away, top rope. I saw that.
1: I think the two the two <laughs> favourites in uh the AFL at the line, Melbourne minus eleven and a half, port minus fourteen and a half. So I'm gonna have
2: that treble. What price? Uh three sixty. Three sixty ish. No, no. Four dollars. Hey? Hey? I don't know. I haven't I haven't written them down. No. What prices? I don't know. It's your bet. Uh what are we about five fifty 550, something? 550, like that. 550, 200, 550 So that'll get you over the thousand dollar mark. All right, top rope.
3: Uh, sorry, just. Oh, you were writing down I, kids' maybe, tips. Maybe I missed the rules meeting here. Are we allowed just to throw in any sport we want here?
2: Yeah, well, it's getting desperate. Well, desperate times, des- desperate measures. Nico wants me to have a crank, and I've only got two matches. I'm not sure where <laughs> nah, to No, it's fair walk. enough. I'm happy to permit it. Oh, great. Tell
3: you I was, what... <laughs> was, uh, was going to try and grind my way there at rugby league, but I'm just going to start throwing darts at golf. <laughs> I tell you what,
2: Novak <coughs> hasn't had the jab, so technically he could catch COVID and get dismissed and not be able to play. He's money back, money back there. More, su- more susceptible. What Couldn't money. have him to a better bloke. yo don't like him. Can't stand him. Oh, well, there you go. Controversial. <laughs> hates Storm. Hates Novak. I don't, I don't know cool. him. I don't.
1: I, I'm, I, <laughs> I just want to keep. I just want to keep investing in him until he loses, <laughs> and I've been doing that for a couple of years now. So I don't know. I just can't believe he's out to a dollar ninety. Yeah, it does he's, seem
2: big odds. Top
3: rope. Okay. Just at about at about uh, at about $16, we've got a little five-leg multi here. Just to really gather all, all the favourites in the league. Melbourne, Roosters, Penrith, Para, into Robert, Big Bob McIntyre. Top 10 finish at the BMW championship. BMW PGA championship at Wentworth in, in the UK and the European <laughs> tour this week. Uh, he'll go good, Big Bob. He's uh, he's all loose. He's qualified for the PGA tour next year. He's uh, he profiles very nicely for this. So uh, I uh, Top 10 finish there. Being a bit conservative, but this will give us a nice little crack for uh, someone next week.
2: God, frightens me how much uh, money Top Rope's got on the table each week. NFL, Tokyo Games, Paralympics. Fuck. <laughs> He's just so versatile. I oh, man. I don't know how you have time to sleep. You must be a vampire. He
1: has, he has breakfast with his bookie. Mate,
2: crazy. That's
1: how good a mate he is. You got, a, you got a
0: lock
2: of the
3: yeah. <laughs> week. That's how good a client I am, you mean, MG. <laughs> He's shouting.
0: I'll, I'll put I'll put my two hundred with Top Road. I'm a big fan. So, get a follow him yeah, in. I'll follow him in. We'll
3: get yeah. a double up. Yes.
0: Big Bob. I like to yeah, like so know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Can we get this? Can we get this bloke on the podcast every week? It's nice <laughs> to get a bit of support every now
2: and then. <laughs> uh, Team yeah, Outstanding stuff. All right, top right. We're gonna let you go. I hear you've uh, got a tea time, so uh, absolutely go fuck yourself. <laughs> and uh, we don't even know what golf is <laughs> down here in uh, Melbourne, but uh, I'm sure you're uh, you're gonna hit the, hit the lights out of them or something like. Uh, lock ah, Lockdown's pretty lights. tough. Uh, you
3: know, I, I pray for everyone out there in lockdown, and uh, you know, it'll be a tough four hours out there, but we'll do all right.
2: Sensational stuff. All right. That's uh, that's a wrap from us. Uh, good luck on the punt this weekend. Nick Tadeshi, and it's going to be fantastic. Rugby League, week one of NRL finals. I think they're going to run really, really straight. And hopefully, uh, Tristan just absolutely cops it. But uh, the Rugby League, it's been a uh, happy hunting ground for punters. Uh, over the season, but uh, the AFL, it's been uh, an absolute goldmine for Tristan. So hopefully every favourite just absolutely walks in. Uh, I know lots of blokes that will just be uh, pumping all six favourites in uh, in multis, and I'm probably one of them. Guilty. All right, we'll take a quick break. If you're betting this weekend, make sure you jam topsport.com.au, and uh, we'll talk to Ace about the US Open. Let's see if uh, Novak's a good thing at $1. ninety. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, I'm your host Scoot, we've got OB and MG in studio now it's time to talk tennis and who but Ace, how are you mate? Good thanks, how's things in there guys? Mate, good to be back in studio with a lads, bit of lad time, everyone needs that every now and then, but uh, it's all about the US Open and... Uh, Speaking of a lad, well, MG's just put him in his uh, lock of the week. Djokovic, Novak's Djokovic is uh, heading up the market at Top Sport. Uh, let's have a look at the odds on screen now for the winner market. He's a dollar ninety over at Tristan's place, and uh, Medvedev is three dollars Zarev, five bucks. Asalemi is twenty three dollars, and Matteo Berantini, thirty four dollars. Mark said uh, the $1. ninety is going to keep backing him until he gets rolled in one of these big ones. But uh, is he a good thing at the $1. ninety, And why is he still at that price? It's puzzling.
4: He's largely at that price, mainly because I, I think at the start of the tournament, when when going through and looking at the, the two players that could really beat him, I think in best of five in these conditions, the two that you'd look at were Alexander Zarev and Daniil Medvedev. And that's mm-hmm. looking like, you know, that, that's going to be the path that that he will need to take to to get to his fourth Grand Slam for the year. So they're both still in the draw. There's been a couple of upsets along the way, but unfortunately for Novak, uh, Zarev and Medvedev have found their way through. And look, I'm just hopeful, you know, based on uh, Novak being in that sure thing. Maldi, I hope it goes a little better than Nadal at Roland Garros earlier in the year
2: for you, Scott. Oh, thanks, mate. I knew you were going to say that. You are, you are good. You just don't, don't forget. But uh, little, little cap tip there. You, uh, you did say that Medvedev was going to be the dark horse, and now that makes sense to me. So there'll be uh, Zarev and Medvedev are going to be there when the wits are cracking. So that explains why he's playing a dollar seventy-two out to a mark.
1: Free money, free money. A dollar
2: what happens if you get COVID positive? As long no as you, backs, as long as you don't jump
1: on him, for your history of tennis was sweet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I now, now
2: I,
4: I did say last week that I think his biggest opposition is himself, and I still mm. do think that's the case. If he starts to get a bit nervy thinking about the history that he can make, um, mm. but it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the crowd warms to him. He's had a pretty easy run now. He's dropped a couple of sets, but he hasn't ever really looked troubled, troubled, so it'll be interesting to see how he how he handles the the next couple of days.
2: He's a pretty. I think he's a pretty cool, calm, and collected character. Ob, you're a fan of him. Yeah. No. Look, I've I've never (laughs) warmed to him.
0: (laughs) I've always been in the Federer camp, so that's where you know. But um, look, clean cut. Yeah, you got to respect him. Very good player. Yeah. Very good player.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's overly liked as a person necessarily. I think he tries too hard, and he worries about the crowd and stuff. And even we spoke last week that you know a guy's name that the New York crowd were cheering. Uh, Djokovic actually thought they were booing him oh. instead of cheering. So yeah, he Ved- sort
2: of defaults to he runs against me.
1: Yeah, he does. But I know I think a lot that's of people
2: like, that operate really well under those circumstances.
1: I also think that's what drives him. And at the end of the day, yeah. um, I just don't think what he's going for in the history, not only of the Grand Slam, but also to get past Vetter mm. and Nadal, which has been his goal. I just don't think he's going to let Medvedev or Zarev get in his way. Get in his way. That's just my opinion on it. So
2: outstanding. All right, let's try and find a winner first. And so we can just keep barreling into uh, Novak into the futures there. So uh, let's have a look at the women's side first. There's a game uh, tomorrow morning at nine AM, and it's Sabalenka versus Fernandez. Nice easy one for me. Ace dollar twenty eight. Sabalenka three eighty. Fernandez four and a half. The uh, the line there and uh, under over games is twenty and a half. How are we making money out of this little fixture?
4: It's been an impressive fortnight for Layla Fernandez. It's been a fantastic run. Just to to give a quick recap. I think she was down a set and five-six with Naomi Osaka serving earlier in the tournament, and managed to come back and win there. She was a set and four-two down against Angelique Kerber, came back and won, and then knocked off Alina Svitolina in a a third-set tiebreak. So it's been an impressive run, but it hasn't been a comfortable run, I guess, in, in a lot of ways. She did face a couple of big hitters early in the tournament, but that's kind of. You know, dropped off a little bit with Kerber and Svitolina the last two. This is a significant step up in in power game and general form as well with Arena Sabalenka. My big worry for Sabalenka is the fact that she she's heading into uncharted territory territory here, um, trying to make a Grand Slam final, and it's something that has eluded her to this point. Um, but looking at the minus four point five games, I think I could easily make a case for minus four point five or the under twenty point five games looking at, at this one i think the power is is going to be a little too much for fernandez and it's more so than she faced earlier in the tournament and i just think the form you know knocking off barbara krachikova who's who won roland garros and has you know barely lost to anyone except ash Barty in in recent months um beating her 6-1, 6-4 the other day is is impressive form leading into here so i would be going with the minus 4.5 games in this one
2: Zabalenka mm, Thoughts there mm. Marcos You to trade a fair bit of tennis Any? You've been watching <laughs> much of it In I've,
1: uh, Not as much as Ace But yeah I've been watching a little bit um, Yeah I, I agree I just think uh, Great run for the The young ones are going to find it hard Second week always keep going um, And I just think Uncharted Waters um, I know Zabalinka hasn't been there But she's been closer before So if she gets it on her terms uh, I think she'll be too strong But uh, the crowd will be behind the other girl for sure Which mm. might play a factor
2: Okay,
4: and and just I guess the reason for the minus four point five instead of the twenty point five, just in case there is a, a seven five or or a closer set there, um, you know, I, I think Sabalenka, you know, I could easily see a, a seven five six three type result that that results in that covering from from Sabalenka that doesn't quite go under the uh, the twenty point five games.
2: Okay, nice little insight there. All right, let's have a look at uh, the men's. Let's have a look at uh, Medvedev versus Alissimi. Uh, or dollar fi- fifteen. Medvedev, nice and short there. Five eighty. Alissimi and a flat six to the line there. The minus has been uh, peppered one eighty six two oh one the other way, and then uh, total games is thirty six flat dollar ninety. You pick ace. How are we making money here? Again, it's not normally my
4: area of. Um where I like to attack. But I think the minus games again here, I think, for Medvedev. So, you know, Audrey Aliassime is, is in, you know, a bit like the others in the, in the women's, in uncharted territory now. He's into his first semi final and, and looking to make the final. But Medvedev has, has shown, I think, over the last, you know, basically his entire body of work since Wimbledon, that he's been the, the best player on tour. Um, and probably challenged maybe to Zarev. You know, they've both made the, the most of Alex of Novak Djokovic not playing since since Tokyo. So I like the minus six games here for Medvedev. I, I think he has the ability, and you look through his his past couple of matches, he's been able to get a, a cheap set. Um, you know, he got a bagel in the in the quarterfinal against uh, Van der Sandschlop. So he has shown, um, you know, that he can break some of the bigger servers in the game. And I think really an interesting part of this matchup will be, you know, Australia's really seen when playing Tiafo the other day was really trying to go out wide on the Jews' side so serving, you know, as far out wide as he can to the Tiafo forehand. It worked well against Francis, but if you give Medvedev any sort of angle in any way shape or form, he's going to punish you and make the court feel a lot bigger than it actually is. So I think he's going to be able to try and attack and, and use, I think, his his reach and his his range a little bit more here. So I think the minus six looks to be the play in this one, and, and Medvedev should see himself in the, the US Open final come Monday morning our time.
2: Beautiful stuff. It sounds like an absolute beauty. Everyone's still locked down, so why not watch that as well? Big weekend, isn't it? Yeah, mate, it's beautiful, isn't it? The punt's the only thing that's got us all through. <laughs> I say that in all, all seriousness. Where would we be without it? Yeah. OB? Yeah, live sport's good <laughs> and winning money's better. <laughs> exactly. Uh, fantastic stuff. How's, uh, how's the tournament been for you, Ace? Has it been a fill-up or a bit of a grind?
4: Uh, it's been a bit of a grind. The first week was better than the second week has been, but sitting around uh, five and a half units up, I think, so far for the tournament. So, look, I will take it pretty much when I break down my stats for the entire year, I've pretty much done really well in grand slams and pretty poorly everywhere else. So maybe I'm just a little bit better when I know when, you know, players are motivated and, and keen to perform. But it's been a bit of a grind, I think, across the, the whole year. And, look, fingers crossed that we actually get an Australian Open here in January that we can look forward to
2: next. Mm. What's the betting there? The Australian Open goes ahead. I'd, I'd, I'd lean unlikely in, in Melbourne. Can what what do you think, Ace?
4: I, yeah, uh, the reason I would say unlikely, I, I, I think it might get pushed back a little bit or somewhere else into the calendar. I feel like tennis players tested Victorians in terms of, you know, how they perceived their behaviour probably last year with the whole quarantine and all the complaining that that came with it. Given like, I think it's like 50% or a large percentage of players aren't vaccinated and and don't seem to want to at this stage. I can't see, um, I can't see Victorians going, yep, let's let them in and play some tennis if they haven't followed the rules that I guess everyone else has been following.
1: Mm. Fascinating there. Yeah, and also the Australian Open lost a fortune last year and they thought it was going to be a once-off in Mm. terms of their bottom line. I don't think they'll be too keen to roll around in January as well um, to lose the same kind of budget that it takes to get the Mm. tennis players with the hotels and everything like that. I don't think they'll want to go through that again, Ace. Um, If they got the opportunity to push it back, as you said, maybe March would be their first option. Whether that's still too close, uh, time will tell, but... I don't think it'll go ahead in January at this this rate.
2: What about you, uh, Ob? You're from AFL Ops Land. Do you think it's a what? If you had to have a bet, would it be going ahead or not? I'll say yes. I think just
0: yeah, the, the money that it generates for well well, yeah, they made a loss last year. But I think just the money it generates. I think they'll yeah, they'll they'll try and do what they can.
2: Mm. To get them through, just yep. sneak them through, even sneak if they're not vaccinated. And, well,
0: if, if scomo can go home for Father's Day, he can bring Novak back in. <laughs> oh, a little oh. side sideswipe there, bang! I love
2: that. Didn't see it coming. Gloves up. I, Outstanding. I will,
0: I will say, I still think one of the
4: biggest <laughs> beats or the worst beats of all time would have to be Tennis Australia and the Australian Open having pandemic insurance expire at the end of 2019. Yeah. Okay. That's that's um <laughs> that's unfortunate.
2: <laughs> we spoke we spoke about that on uh, one of our earlier shows. It's uh a piece of that I, I do love that if uh, if you want more of uh, Ace's stuff make sure you check out his Twitter account at Ace underscore previews and uh, he's on the tennis circuit uh, 24-7 he's always betting tennis and previewing tennis it's all for free so you just click through and uh, get all the grass from him but uh, big thanks from us good luck uh, for the next couple of days and uh, we'll be all watching uh, Djokovic hopefully uh, roll around for MG and uh, hopefully lock of the week it'll uh, be a grandstand finish if uh, Novak can get it across the line
4: fingers crossed thanks again for having me
2: Thanks. All right, that's a, uh, a wrap from us. Make sure you check out our Brownlow stream. We've got over 20,000 in the bank. It's Sunday week, so it's going to be uh, a great little three-and-a-half-hour lock-in. It's uh, sometimes boring as batshit the to count, but uh, Mark's expecting an absolute cliffhanger finish here. Could be a tied Brownlow. Could be Bont. Could be Wines. Oliver. Oliver. Maybe Steele. Steele is a bit of a roughie. The Saners, one of your old men. He's a good man, Steely. Yeah. He's yeah, a worthy winner. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, fantastic stuff to stream, so make sure you check that out. The NFL shows there. Bet Doctor, we've recorded that. Uh, it's heating up at Flemington and Rose Hill at Campbell. Run to the Rose. If you're not watching the ponies this Saturday, you are mad. This is where all the horses uh, start to pop out and poke their heads out, and you'll know where the. Good horses are going to go, and uh, the uh, the pitcher is a lot clearer of a spring once you see them all resume and uh, kick off their uh, second starts of their preparation. That's a wrap from us, and uh, good luck with the prelims and the rugby league this week and the tennis, and we'll see you next week.